and welcome to the Reading Wave podcast and it's David here introducing episode 5. Now we're just going to jump straight in today and I'm going to introduce the first contribution to you which is from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll chapter 1 down the rabbit hole. Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the bank and of having nothing to do. Once or twice she had peeped into the book her sister was reading but it had no pictures or conversations in it. And what is the use of a book? thought Alice. Without pictures or conversations? So she was considering in her own mind as well as she could for the hot day made her feel very sleepy and stupid, whether the pleasure of making a daisy chain would be worth the trouble of getting up and picking the daisies, when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. There was nothing so very remarkable in that, nor did Alice think it so very much out of the way to hear the rabbit say to itself, Oh dear, oh dear, I shall be too late. When she thought it over afterwards, it occurred to her that she ought to have wondered at this, but at the time it all seemed quite natural. But when the rabbit actually took a watch out of its waistcoat pocket and looked at it and then hurried on, Alice started to her feet, for it flashed across her mind that she had never before seen a rabbit with either a waistcoat pocket or a watch to take out of it and burning with curiosity, she ran across the field after it, and was just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. In another moment, down went Alice after it, never once considering how in the world she was to get out again. The rabbit hole went straight on like a tunnel for some way, and then dipped suddenly down, so suddenly that Alice had not a moment to think about stopping herself before she found herself falling down what seemed to be a very deep well. Either the well was very deep, or she fell very slowly, for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her, and to wonder what was going to happen next. First, she tried to look down and make make out what she was coming to, but it was too dark to see anything. Then she looked at the sides of the well, and noticed that they were filled with cupboards and bookshelves. Here and there she saw maps and pictures hung upon pegs. She took down a jar from one of the shelves as she passed. It was labelled Orange Marmalade. But to her great disappointment it was empty. She did not like to drop the jar for fear of killing somebody underneath, so managed to put it into one of the cupboards as she fell past it. Well, thought Alice to herself. After such a fall as this, I shall think nothing of tumbling downstairs. Why, I wouldn't say anything about it, even if I fell off the top of the house. Which was very likely true. Well, there's not much more can be said about such a time-served classic as this, except to say that I'm sure everybody can remember at least three or four or even more characters and or situations from the books of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. 
And a special mention here goes to Maddie McMahon for giving us the voice of Alice and also to Andy McLeod who voiced the Marmalade Jar. The next piece you will hear is from a play by Samuel Beckett called Crap's Last Tape. The monologue you're about to hear takes place when the man is 69 years of age and he's found a, a tape that he made 30 years previously. So let me introduce to you Andy McLeod reading part of the monologue from Crap's Last Tape by Samuel Beckett. 39 today. Sound as a bell, apart from my old weakness, and intellectually I have now every reason to suspect that the crest of a wave, or thereabouts, celebrated the awful occasion, as in recent years, quietly at the wine house, not a soul. Sat before the fire with closed eyes, separating the grain from the husks. Jotted down a few notes on the back of an envelope. Good to be back in my den. In my old rags. I've just eaten, I regret to say, three bananas, and only with difficulty refrained from a fourth. Fatal things for a man with my condition. Cut them out! The new light above my table is a great improvement. With all this darkness round me, I feel less alone, in a way. I love to get up and move about in it. Then back here to... me. Crap. For me, on a basic level, this 69-year-old man is using these old reel-to-reel -reel tapes to review his life. There's an awful lot about uh, memory, remembrance and recall in here. But hey, listen to it yourself and see what you can get from it. Just a minor point by the way, the man's name is spelt K-R-A-P-P. -P, in case you were wondering or in case you want to look it up. My next choice is a Man Booker Prize winner from the year 2010. It's called The Finkler Question and it's by Howard Jacobson. I'd like to read to you from chapter one. He should have seen it coming. His life had been one mishap after another, so he should have been prepared for this one. He was a man who saw things coming not shadowy premonitions before and after sleep, but real and present dangers in the daylit world. Lamp posts and trees reared up at him, splintering his shins. Speeding cars lost control and rode onto the footpath, leaving him lying in a pile of torn tissue and mangled bones. Sharp objects dropped from scaffolding and pierced his skull. Women, worst of all. When a woman of the sort Julian Tressler found beautiful crossed his path, 
It wasn't his body that took the force, but his mind. She shattered his calm. True, he had no calm, but she shattered whatever calm there was to look forward to in the future. She was the future. People who see what's coming have faulty chronology. That is all. Treslove's clocks were all wrong. He no sooner saw the woman than he saw the aftermath of her. His marriage proposal and her acceptance. The home they would set up together. The drawn rich silk curtains leaking purple light. The bedsheets billowing like clouds. The wisp of aromatic smoke winding from the chimney. Only for every rack of it, its lattice of crimson roof tiles, its gables and dormer windows, his happiness, his future, to come crashing down on him in, in a moment of her walking past. She didn't leave him for another man or tell him she was sick of him and their life together. She passed away in a perfected dream of tragic love, consumptive, wet eyelashed, and as often as not, singing her goodbyes to him in phrases borrowed from popular Italian opera. There was no child. Children spoilt the story. Now, why did I choose this piece? Well, this is the very beginning of this story. It's the first page of maybe 400 or so words. And for me, Howard Jacobson has nailed his character Julian Treslove for us and that makes us read on that's good writing and now for something slightly different and a little bit whimsical and certainly very funny but some verses by Spike Milligner that well-known typing error so here's a few selections from Spike Milligan's Silly Verse for Kids. And the first one is called My Sister Laura. My sister Laura is bigger than me and lifts me up quite easily. I can't lift her. I've tried and tried. She must have something heavy inside. This next one's called Rain. There are holes in the sky where the rain gets in, but they're ever so small, that's why the rain is thin. Then we have, down the stream, the swans all glide. Down the stream, the swans all glide. It's quite the cheapest way to ride. Their legs get wet, their tummies wetter. I think after all, the bus is better. And fourth one is called Granny. Through every nook and every cranny, the wind blew in on poor old Granny. Around her knees, into each ear, and up her nose as well, I fear. All through the night, the wind grew worse. It nearly made the vicar curse. The top had fallen off the steeple, just missing him and other people. It blew on man it blew on beast, it blew on nun, it blew on priest. It blew the wig off Auntie Fanny, but most of all, it blew on Granny. 
The final one in this section is called Brave New World. I'm sure you'll recognise the opening part of it, but listen to Spike's take in the second verse. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Up above the sky so high, like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, I've just found out what you are. A lump of rusting rocket case, a rubbish tip in outer space. The final contribution for this episode 5 of the Reading Wave podcast is a poem called The Wind Hover by Gerard Manley Hopkins. Gerard Manley Hopkins wrote this poem in 1877. He died in 1889, uh, but it wasn't published until 1918. Those are just a few facts about the poem. The poem itself, the title, The Wind Hover, refers to... Uh, a common kestrel. I'm not going to say any more about the poem itself, except to say, please listen carefully to this tremendous reading of this poem by Maddie McMahon. So, for you, Maddie McMahon reads The Wind Hover by Gerard Manley Hopkins. I caught this morning, morning's minion, kingdom of daylight's dauphin, dappled dawn drawn falcon in his riding of the rolling level underneath him, steady air, and striding high there, how he rung upon the rein of a wimpling wing in his ecstasy, then off, off forth on swing as a skate's heel sweeps smooth on a bow bend, the hurl and gliding rebuff the big wind, my heart in hiding stirred for a bird, the achieve of, the mastery of the thing, brute beauty and valour and act, oh, air, pride, plume, here, buckle, and the fire that breaks from thee then a billion times told lovelier, more dangerous, oh, my chevalier, no wonder of it, sheer plod makes plough down silly and shine and the blue bleak embers oh my dear fall gall themselves and gash gold vermilion that brings us to the end of the Reading Wave podcast, episode five. I'd like to make one last thank you to Madeline McMahon for her readings of The Wind Hover and As Alice. And also to Andy McLeod for Crap's Last Tape and, of course, his rendition of Orange Marmalade. Please remember that if you have any suggestions or you want to make any requests, you can contact us on the email thereadingwavepodcast at gmail.com or we're on Twitter and our address on Twitter is at readingwave1 or please leave a comment 
on SoundCloud for us to see how we're doing. That's all from the Reading Way podcast for now. Just remains for me to say, stay safe, stay sane. See you in episode six. Thank you.